You know, Luke 14 says that Jesus laid out the terms of the discipleship, man. And last week we were talking about he who was first, uh, he who was last, or whatever, is going to be first. And he who is first is going to be last. And those were the, the selfish desires that people have when they, uh, you know, when it's all about me. And Luke 14 says Jesus lays out these terms of discipleship. And because there were great crowds following him everywhere, man, and they, and they loved the miracles. They loved the healing and the free food. Everybody loves free food. And you know Jesus, man, he was making like the radicalest food, man. I mean, the best tasting food you could ever think of. He was cool. Jesus was the coolest guy around, man. He was the talk of the town. He was the latest thing, man. He was the, the radical, in-style human and God. But he knew their hearts. He knew they desired the benefits of what he did rather than, you know, than an understanding of who he was. And so they loved his gifts, not the life. And he was calling them. So he explained what it took to be one of his followers. And last week at Growing in His Word, we were talking about the, the actual instructions of, you know, the apostles' reward. We were talking about the uh, ambition of serving Christ and what it means to really count the cost, man. And this is where we're at today. We have believers and they want to, uh, you know, serve God, which is awesome. It's radical, man. I, I encourage everyone. It's, it's awesome to serve Jesus. But don't get in it to be about you. It's about Jesus and only about Jesus. Father, we come before you. We thank you for this word. Lord, let your Holy Spirit flow now freely, Father. Lord, we thank you, you know, for the, uh, you know, death upon the cross of what you've done for us, Lord. And we pray that you forgive us for our sins. And uh, Lord, use this sermon for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Here we have instructions about Jesus's death. And last week we talked about the last men who were complaining about, you know, they were upset because Oh, the first workers complained that their wages were the same as those who had been hired late in the day. In Matthew chapter 19, we talked about, in chapter 20, we talked about <clears throat> the <laughs> workers who worked so hard. Oh, they worked so hard to, uh, you know, be good and follow Christ. And they receive Jesus Christ. You know, uh, we talked about that and how the workers were upset because the new workers came in and they got just the same amount of pay as the, as the other ones. And so they were upset. And we talked about how Jesus Christ is, you know, treats, treats us equal and how it doesn't matter about, you know, what you are, uh, you know, what, uh, what color you are, race, Jesus loves us all the same. And we talked about that in chapter, uh, chapter 19, and, uh, you know, it was, it was a radical study. In chapter 20, we talked about the 
Last will be first and the first will be last. For many are called, but few are chosen. And this is what this next sermon is about. It's, it's besides the instruction about Jesus' death. Verse 17 says in chapter 20, Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside on the road. And he said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to, and to scourge and to crucify, and on the third day he will rise again. We all know the story about Jesus' crucifixion. But here we are talking about the mother of Zebedee. Then the mother of Zebedee, in chapter uh, you know, 20, verse 20, Mother means Ima in Hebrew. And the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons kneeling down and asking something from him. This is interesting. And he said to her, what do you wish? You know, believe it or not, we all want wishes. Can you imagine? You're standing before God. And we're sitting there and we're like, wow. It's like a genie in a bottle. And, and and people are like, oh my God, I wish I had, you ever wish you had a genie in a bottle? Oh, if I had three wishes. Well, see, the first one I'd wish to be rich. Well, we talked about that last week, the camel, the needle of the camel in the eye and all that. <laughs> it's not going to get us anywhere. Oh, if I only had a big yacht, I'd sail away from my problems. <laughs> you know, you guys, I'm excited because the mother is kneeling before God, man, I would have been like, Lord, oh yeah, right, and so we don't know what we want, we, 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 it's always about we, isn't it, but here, the mother is saying, I want something bigger, I want it to be about others, and I want to Lay before your feet, God, and ask you a question. And Jesus is like, go ahead. And she's not looking at him as like a genie in a bottle. She's looking at him with her sons. And they're all kneeling there. And they're asking something from him. And what is she asking from him? And she says, And he says to her, what do you wish? Like a genie in a bottle. Only he's not a genie. He's our God. (laughs) He's a a loving God. He's a merciful God. And he's a forgiving God. In verse 21 says, she said to him, grant that these two sons of mine, you know, she's not worried about the money here or the genie in the bottle or the come sail away with me thing. Or the big mansion. I mean, she's already, they've already seen the miracles. They've already seen the proof. They don't need the genie. And she says, Grant these two sons of mine that they may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. Very, it's very interesting. Verse 22 says, but Jesus answered and said, you don't know what you ask. 
Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? You don't even know what it's about, lady. And be baptized with the baptism that I have baptized you with? And they said to him, oh, we're able, we're able. Count me in. I'll count me in. I'll count the cost, man. That's it. We got it. Count us in. We're in. Get us in, Lord. This is what they're saying in their mind. I mean, it doesn't say here, but it's saying here. It's saying here, yeah, count me in, basically. But Jesus says, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give you, but it is for those who, for whom is, it is prepared by my Father. You're never going to be equal to me, Jesus is saying. You're never going to be equal to me. And he's not yelling at him and he's not upset with him. He's calmly telling him, you're never going to be above me. You will always be below me. And if you want to follow me, then serve me. And here we have serving me. And this believers is Jesus saying, go out and serve one another. Count the cost. It's, it's, counting the cost indicates that there's, there's some end, end in mind, some goal to be reached. You don't start a building tower unless you plan to finish it. And you don't heat a battle unless you think you can overcome the enemy. And you don't follow Jesus unless you want your life to be changed forever. And believers, we see so many believers today and they are out there wanting to serve God, which is awesome. I really love this. But it's the church is not ours to start. It's Christ in us who starts the church. God will add daily to the church, to his church, like the book of Acts. I had a couple guys with me years ago. And they all oh, I want to start a church, you know. We all wanted to start a church. And I wasn't really so gun-ho about it. <laughs> I was called by God to help two guys, and they pretty much couldn't handle the heat, so they bailed out. They don't know what counting the cost was about. And, you know, well, it, it's not easy, believers. It's not easy falling, following Jesus Christ, especially when we're sinners, especially when we, even myself, we struggle. Oh, you do? Yeah, we, I do. <laughs> I'm a sinner. But I don't, I don't. You know, um, habitually sin. It's not a lifestyle for me. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so she's asking Jesus, get my sons in. Hook them up. Get him in. And he's like, no, you can't be equal to me. But if you want to serve me, start serving others. Start washing their feet. Listen, you know, Jesus told Peter, listen, he said, When they had finished breakfast in the morning, Jesus said to Simon Peter, he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to to him, yes, Lord. Ken, in Hebrew, he said, Ken Yeshua HaMashiach, you know that I love you. He said in Hebrew, he said to him, then feed my lambs. You see? Why did Jesus ask Peter if he loved him? And he did it three times, he asked him. Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? In John 21, chapter 21, verse 15, 
And this occurred when Jesus was having breakfast with his disciples and soon right after his resurrection. Here he's planning to be die for our sins. And then later he resurrects. And, you know, he has, it's after his resurrection. Jesus uses opportunity believers to encourage and exhort Peter about his upcoming responsibilities and even to prophesy the manner in which Peter will die. By asking Peter, do you love me? Three times, Jesus was emphasizing the importance of Peter's love and unswerving obedience to his Lord as necessary for his future ministry. Listen, Jesus loves us unconditionally and he was Lord of of all and 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 he loved us, believers, and he loves you. You may be thinking, how can he love a wretched, sinful man like me or a filthy woman like me because he loves us we're sinners we're sick until we get saved but we have to count the cost and 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 the ambition here the instruction about this ambition is when the mother of Zebedee's son came to him and were sons kneeling down and asking something from him and he and she and he and he said to her what do you wish and this is what she wished and when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. Verse 25 says, But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Serve. Serve others. That's the secret. Serve. Don't be served. How many churches are out there right now serving themselves? Oh, not me. We have a good church, even though we extort people. Not me. We have a wonderful church, even though we are hirelings. Not me. We don't ever leave our comfortable seat they're like movie theater seats we got a big arena Ooh, it's comfortable and it is believe me it's comfortable to sit in sunday morning and listen to the preacher preach but it's so hard to serve others and get out there and be like jesus and i know many churches that are bunk but i know many churches that are good and i'm not speaking as a church it's a whole church we individuals are the church. And God says not to forsake the gathering. I get it. That's your, a lot of the pastor's excuses to milk the tithe money. I get it. You're hungry. You don't want to work. You're hirelings. I get it, some of you. But Jesus says, follow me. Take up your own cross. Forget about your money. Follow me. If you're in it to win it, the money will be there for me. God will motivate the hearts of the believers and they will, they will donate what they need to do with God's businesses. Amen? Amen. Listen, Jesus is telling them, you don't know what you ask. Woman, you don't know what you're asking. Get ready to be persecuted. Really? I don't know about following Jesus now. It's not that easy? No. No, it's not. But serving others makes us a better person in Christ because these are, this is the commandments that he wants. Listen, believers, and when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased.
They were like, really? But Jesus called them to himself. And he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And those who were great exercise authority over them. Listen, man, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Serve, believers, serve. That is the key to life. It is about others, not about ourselves. Jesus told Peter, do you love me? He was stretching Peter to move from the phileo love, which is temporary, to agape love, unconditional holy love. And Peter knew the importance of it. It's simple. John 21 verse 19. This is he said to show by what kind of death he was going to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. And then later on, he goes to say here to serve others. It's not a serve self ice cream machine. You go to a church and they, they got big coffee houses and money to make and business deals to make. Stop it. Well, I make my money from my book deals. Oh, Lord. Father God, I come before you, Lord. I pray for these corrupt pastors, teachers, lazy teachers, Father. Lord, I come before you. I pray that you let them teach the truth, Father, about serving others, getting out of the pews and into the community, and engaging with others. Go to the prisons, the byways, the highways, the homeless. Help them. Lord, I pray that you help them in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, believers, they, were dis they didn't want it. They were displeased. Verse 24 says, It's, it's radical. Jesus is saying, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die so you can serve me and serve others. You know, and then serve your, your, your family. And then serve, lastly, yourself. Put others before you. Well, I'm not going to make my millions of dollars that way. I'm not going to get ahead that way. Well, you're going to be last. Because Jesus says it right here. Those who are going to be first are going to be last because you're so, it's selfishness, believers. Listen, man, Jesus is telling you. It says in verse 29, listen, it says, it 20 says, 27, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Serve him just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus served. And that's the ticket. And he gave his life for ransom for you, for me, so that we can live in eternity, uh, an eternal life with Jesus Christ. 
so that we can love others and serve others and be merciful to others. He's on our side. Abraham trusted God. Isaac, Jacob, our forefathers. The Bible says that Unexpected visitors to Abraham's tent, the three men appeared out of nowhere, declaring that Sarah would give birth to a son. This announcement, which was surprising enough since it came from strangers, was even more unusual because Sarah's advanced age. But before long, uh, Abraham and Sarah rejoiced with God and they kept his promise and gave them Isaac. God is faithful to us. We just need to trust him. God loves us, but he loves and he desires obedience. Verse 29 says that, And now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing, they passed him by, they cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Then the multitude warned, then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they, they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. So Jesus still... He stood still and he called them and he said, what do you want me to do for you? Straight out, right there, man. He heard them. They couldn't see him, but he heard them. Listen, believers, they couldn't see the Messiah. And they cried out in faith and trusted. And so Jesus stood still and he called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and he touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. They followed him. What does it cost to follow Jesus Christ? Everything, believers. Everything. Jesus says, love me more than your mother, your father, your brother, your sister. Put me first. Put him first and watch what happens. Put him last and watch how sad you're going to be. Put them first, believers. You want your music to thrive? I got people in ministry calling me, you know, I want my music to go number one on the billboards. Put Jesus first. He wants to be number one on the billboards. But he knows your intentions. He knows your deep intentions. That's why he told Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? You know, God is working right now. He doesn't want us depressed, sad, lonely. He wants us to trust him. He doesn't want us to feel this fear because fear comes from the devil. Fear is a liar. Believers, listen, don't be blind to the fact that Jesus Christ loves you. He can do for you. He can heal you. He can restore you. He can enable you. He can help you. This is such a messianic title. Two blind Jews wanting to be restored. It's radical. It's amazing. The love that Christ has for us touched their eyes and immediately they opened them up, man. And Jesus spit in the other guy's eyes. I mean, he didn't spit in them. So don't, I mean, don't go around spitting in people's eyes and heal them, man. You know, he, he, Jesus showed his mercy. Jesus has compassion. Matthew 11 talks about it. It says, come to me, all you who are who weary and may laden, and I give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble. 
Humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Listen, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. God doesn't force a relationship on us. He wants you to just come naturally to him, man. Isaiah 40 says, like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. And his arm will gather the lambs and carry them to his bosom. He will gently lead the nursing ooze. Isaiah 42 says, a bruised reed will not break and a dimly brewing wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. God loves us. He loves us. Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him saying, I am willing to be cleansed. And he cleansed the leprosy. He cleansed the believers. He cleansed the non-believers. He loves us believers. Listen to me. And he's in love with you. He doesn't want to, you know, beat you. He's not a beater. He's not a, a, a pastor who, a shepherd who beats his flock. He feeds his flock. He loves his flock. And we are called to serve the woman was asking for her sons to be equal to God, man. And God said, it's not going to happen. We're never equal to God. We're never. We're always below Jesus Christ. But yet we are considered higher than angels. Listen, believers, we will never be equal to Jesus. That's why he's God. Stop beating yourselves up. Stop it. Listen, stop letting the devil condemn you. The Bible says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Don't beat yourself up anymore. We're living in the last days. I mean, it's it. I mean, come on. Dudes are wearing dresses. I mean, it's, it's not normal. We're living in a weird society. Revelation is here almost. It's like, hello. I mean, I'm not, I mean, it's, I'm not going to do the woke thing, bro. It's, it's, it's Jesus. Jesus loves everyone. He hates all sin, okay? Believers, Christians, Gentiles, same thing. Love covers a multitude of sins. We're all sinners. But God is faithful when we submit to him. And he doesn't want us to beat ourselves up and condemn ourselves over following Christ. It's not, listen, It's not something that we believers are forced to do. Jesus wants us to do it willingly. It's like trying to get a horse to drink water. You ever see him? You're not going to grab him by the ears and stick his face in the water. He's going to bite you. We don't need to bite anyone. We just need to serve others with love. Serve, not be served. It's that simple. Submit to Christ. Submit to, to Jesus and, 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 and the devil will flee. Your problems will be over. You're going to have trials, tribulations. You're going to have problems, persecution. It's going to happen. I get it. But it's temporarily until we go home. Jesus loves us. He's merciful. Listen, we're all going to die. Believers, listen, everyone's going to die. But when we die, we can know that we're going straight from this earth to heaven. It's that simple. It's that simple. Don't beat yourself up. If you're depressed right now, believers, listen. The Lord just, I'm not one of those, uh, you know, gibby gabba money pastors. But the Lord's put it on my heart right now that there's believers out there right now and non-believers that are struggling. And, and no, I don't want your money. I want you to 
Ask Christ to help you. And I want to pray for you. Father, I come before you right now. Lord, I pray for the non-believers and believers out there who are hearing this message, whether it be iHeartRadio or whatever, Father. Lord, I pray that you just remove this depression, anxiety, stress away from their life so that you may be glorified, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if that was your prayer today, remember, God will never leave you nor forsake you. And when he takes your sins, he buries them, the Bible says, at the bottom of the abyss in the ocean, and he never throws them in your face again. He never throws them in your face and says, look what you did. Ah, you drunkard, you fool, you. He never says that. He say, he takes your sin, he buries them, and he forgives you. He doesn't throw them in your face. Yeah, you smoked another cigarette, bam. It's either you're struggling or you're, you're, you're playing. God's, God knows. He knows your heart. And he loves you. But he doesn't want you to wrestle. Don't wrestle. He wants you to sit and rest in his mercy. Father, we come before you, Lord. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for what you did on Mount Golgotha, Father, 2000 plus years ago, Father. You died for us. Lord, I know you're real. We know you're real. We know you're faithful. We know that you're just. And we know that you're merciful, Lord. So go before us now, Father, and touch the lives of non-believers and believers. Bless their families today, Father. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Listen, Growing in His Word is sponsored by Jesus Christ and led by the Holy Spirit. We don't ask for donations. We don't want your donations. Give it to the next homeless guy or your neighbor that's hungry. Listen, we love you. We're not a 501c3. So don't call me, please, and ask and donate money. We don't want your money. We want your, 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 your prayers. We want this message to go out to the world. We want Jesus to be heard worldwide. I'm going to preach through this Bible one, one, one message at a time until I finish the whole Bible. And then you can rewind, pause, play, <laughs> whatever you want to do, man. God's put it on my heart to preach, and, and, and I did go to, you know, some school here to get this, but school doesn't matter. The apostles were with Jesus Christ for, you know, a couple years. Listen, believers, have a blessed day, man. And remember, Jesus Christ loves you, and so do I.